Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 4, episode 56. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today I'm joined by Claire Somerville and she's the head of Children and Young People's Dance at One Dance UK. Um, And I came across this organisation, I was lucky enough to be invited to a meeting with the Arts Council um, as part of my work with the National Association for Primary Education. Um, And we were talking about um, organisations that have an impact and, and the way that our sort of education within the arts is going to be changing over the, over the coming years, and um, and it was great to meet so many sort of like-minded organisations and and people with great insights about how this how the arts are going to be different within education and how we can really sort of see and 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 have some impact on that. So Claire, thank you very much for chatting with me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Can we start a little bit about your history in terms of dance and how you got involved then with um, One Dance UK? Yeah, so um, so my background um, is um, from a dance, predominantly dance perspective. Um, I trained um, at De Montfort University in performing arts and then went on to do a postgraduate certificate in contemporary dance at Trinity Laban. And then from there, over the sort of subsequent 15 years or so, I've been working mainly in dance, but also across other art forms, um, developing different projects and programs largely around children and young people's work but also across different communities as well Um, and then in the last uh, sort of 10 years I've focused very much on on dance for and with children and young people and I was program manager for eight of those years um, at Youth Dance England and then for the last Two years or so, I've been here um, at One Dance UK as the head of children and young people's dance. Well, wow, that's quite a, that, that, that's quite an interesting um, career to have, and um, and 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 within that, what's your what's your sort of day to day role look like as as part of One Dance UK? Well, it's quite varied um, from one day to the next. So. In the last week or so, one day might have been, um, yesterday, for example, I was um, in a round table. We were talking all about cultural education and how important it is um, across all the different art forms. And I was obviously there to talk about dance specifically. And then another day may be working with our young dance ambassadors and helping to train them to be sort of more confident and proactive young people who can be advocates and champions for dance, um, both within and outside of school. Um, And then I also work with the team here to um, develop new learning programs, courses, resources um, and guidance for teachers and practitioners who deliver dance, again, both inside and outside of school, because One Dance UK has quite a large remit um, with the subject association for the dance in school. Um, We're one of around 33 subject associations, but we're the one for dance. Um, But we're also the national sector support organisation for dance across the whole of the dance industry. Um, So it's good that you mentioned um, having been speaking to colleagues at Arts Council England because they're our main funder and um, we will be part of their national portfolio from the 1st of April 2018 as the only sector support organisation for dance. Um, So myself and my colleagues have a 
really sort of broad remit around supporting um, the workforce, advocating for dance generally, and then also creating opportunities where there are gaps in provision. And and along those lines, how do you how do you see dance within schools and specifically sort of primary um, and key stage three? You know, what how how do you feel dance is um, utilised um, during that sort of age group? Well, um, it's interesting because um, from key stage one to three, uh, dance is a compulsory part of the PE curriculum. So um, it's largely delivered by obviously classroom teachers, um, teaching support assistants, um, and also external providers who come into school um, to to teach dance as part of a sort of wide and varied PE curriculum. Um, so it's quite different at that level as it, as opposed to in secondary education, where hopefully it's delivered by dance specialists and, and trained dance teachers. So one of the key things we find is that um, primary schools often need some extra help and guidance around the real um, specialist areas of teaching dance and the specialist skills that are required and how to bring um, authentic creativity into what is essentially a physical education environment. Um, so that both the physical activity part of the dance and the creative part of the dance can combine to be really interesting and um, and appropriate for key stage one to to three. And um and specifically, how how do you help and support that? Do you have a sort of a selection of resources which um um schools and teachers can tap into, or is it more one on one or CPD, or is it a whole range of those types of things? Yeah, it's a bit of a range, and it's and we're actually developing some new programs going forward. Um, at, because we're a national organisation, and there are what twenty thousand primary schools across England, it's um, obviously we couldn't possibly do it one to one. But what we do do is develop um, CPD programmes um, that schools um, or group clusters of schools or local authorities or academy chains can can buy in from us so that we can go in and work with perhaps between 15 and, and 25 teachers at a time to, to help then develop some core skills and knowledge around delivering dance in key stage one and two particularly. Um, we, we're a membership organisation so individual teachers and schools can join One Dance UK and then they get um, free access to over 150 um, lesson plans, units of work that is growing all the time. Um, they're available online to download. Um, and then what we're looking to do going forward is, is to develop more online learning programs and um, online resources um, that are more vi- visual and video based. Um, not because we want teachers in the classroom to be using video to teach dance directly to the children, but using video footage and online resources to help inspire them and develop their skills so then they can go in and and teach a really interesting dance lesson with their pupils. Um, We also have an annual conference and we just recently had our first dance teaching and participation conference, um, which was really, really successful. And we had um, one particular session that was all around activating dance in primary schools. Um, and we had some really great co- um, contributions from um, Kari Brooks from Broadcliffe Primary School in Devon, 
um, Laura Kendall, uh, who works across a range of schools in Manchester, and Lucy Seymour and Beth Robbins, who are, who are classroom teachers at Tannery Drift Fair School in Hertfordshire. And they all came along and presented how they helped to both champion the value of dance in their school or settings, and also um, how they overcome the challenges um, to make sure that dance is delivered really, really to a high standard and really interestingly for their pupils. And then that sort of informs some good debate and discussion in the room with um, with everyone there as to how we can all kind of meet those challenges and work together to, to get more dance of a high quality um, to being delivered across the primary schools. I think that's really important. And one of the, the key takeaways that I think there is certainly something that sort of resonates with me from a musical standpoint as well is that um, the visual aspect of actually seeing something which comes across um, to a teacher very differently, isn't it, than just a lesson plan and, and an actual sort of written document. And I think it's the combination of those two that, that are really supportive for teachers. Yeah, that's what we find. We did some research earlier in the year asking teachers across all key stages um, how they access resources and learning materials. And we were quite surprised to find that far outstripping any other source was YouTube. Um, so we thought, well, we need to have more content on YouTube that we know is of a high quality and that we can back up with both written materials and also face to face uh, opportunities as well through one day sets for example um, to make sure that there is quality work out there that teachers can use and it's in the place that they're obviously going to find it um, so we were trying we're trying now to take what we do to people and not expect them to come and find us yes absolutely and, and I think um, it's it's having you know as as a national organization you know has an organization that has a, a very big remit and and a large arc and some fantastic people involved within it teachers that are then going to be coming to you and actually are coming across you like you say with through a youtube channel or whatever you you just know that the the information you're getting is one fantastic um and supportive and creative and 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 has basis in real understanding rather than just someone that might have a lot of views but isn't necessarily going to give you what you need from an educational point of view as, as well as well as an actual dance point of view so we're um, trying to make sure that what's what's available for teachers that certainly what we produce is a high standard and is is um, very much linked to the curriculum and based on what teachers tell us they need and we're also advising um, dance companies and artists about how they can ensure that their resources and guidance that they provide to schools is mostly linked to the curriculum and to the needs of schools and again that they're engaging with the schools that they work with to really tailor what they do because one of the key um sort of recommendations we get from school is don't just expect one size to fit all we need we need you to work with us to ensure that what's being delivered is really appropriate to us and will meet our needs and objectives um, and on that um, going forwards again we're looking to develop um, two teacher advisory groups one that's for primary school teachers and one for secondary school and we're aware how busy everybody is so it's not um, something we hope will take up too much of people's time um, but we would like to ensure we get real first-hand um, guidance expertise and ideas from teachers in both of those um, stages um, who are currently actively teaching and can tell us about the issues that they're facing and how um, our support could really benefit them and what we might develop um, going forward so it's really relevant and useful to them. So if any of your listeners are interested in 
in being part of one of those teacher advisory groups, then I'd really love to hear from them because this is something we're just looking to develop at the moment. And that's great. That sounds like it's a really exciting and interesting thing to be part of. So yeah, do, do get in touch and um, and and all the things we talk about will be on the educationonfire.com website show notes. So you can just go there and um, and search for One Dance UK and, and all of that will pop up. And so we'll make sure you've got all the links for those sort of things and, and access to that information. Um, one thing I'd like to ask you about is um, is how much work you do with some of the large companies within within the within the UK specifically. Um, one of the things that came up in one of the meetings that I was in was talking about the barrier between a teacher planning their their next um, section of work um, and wanting to do some kind of wow factor or, or, or get a large organisation in or part of their education department to come to their school or, or find something that's going on locally. Um, yeah. But th- th- there's often a barrier between doing that and being able to get access to some of those things. And I, and I know the education departments are really important for a lot of the national and, and large organisations in this country, but um, I know exactly what they mean because um, as, a, as for the, through the podcast, I've had the same thing that I've, I've approached some um, large organisations and it's really hard to get um, a response back from them, which seems a little bit un, um, unlikely, bearing in mind that they have an educa- depa- education department specifically designed for that. But I just wonder, yeah. is, is there a problem with funding? Are there not enough people or is it more, like you said, getting them to understand that they need to fit with what the education system wants rather than just creating something which they think can be given to the education system? Yeah. Oh, OK. Well, there's lots of things there, actually. Um I think funding is a is an issue for the for the arts sector and for organisations, and often those learning and participation departments are just a tiny part of the big Goliath yes. <laughs> that is the rest of the organisation. And and as someone who works in learning and participation myself, you know, I talk to those colleagues, and and we all sort of say, oh, we wish we had a higher profile within the organisations. Not so much myself here at One Dance UK, but certainly some of the other companies. Um, so that's a factor. But I would say um, perhaps the schools are uh, need a little bit of help of finding the, exactly the right person they should yeah. be speaking to in the organisation. Sometimes that can be a challenge. Um, it's not always easy from a company website to know who to, should be speaking to. From a dance point of view, um, we are very open to helping to signpost people. It's a large part of the work we do because we can't possibly do everything ourselves. And if people um, are particularly interested in connecting with a specific dance venue or organization and not sure who to speak to they are very welcome to contact us um, we can perhaps make an introduction or signpost them the other um, body of organizations um, and I don't know if this has been on your podcast before but there are 10 bridge organizations um, across the country is this something you're aware of Mark no it's not no I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that Okay, so um, the bridge organisations are funded by Arts Council England and their primary remit is to help build a bridge between schools and cultural organisations. So there are, there's one in every region across England um, and they are tasked with helping to do exactly what you're saying, um, help schools connect with cultural organisations so that they can really bring in authentic, high, um, perhaps high profile, certainly high quality arts and cultural education to the school and that the school can also help inform the work that's going on within the arts and cultural sector as well. So it's a two-way process. Yeah. Those bridge organisations are particularly tasked 
around helping schools to um, become an arts mark school yeah. and also how they might deliver arts award in their schools um, so there are mechanisms there and they and they they are absolutely tasked to do that work so again if a school in any particular area is wondering who they should contact around a particular art form including dance they can they can contact the bridge organization for their region and they just they can find the list of bridge organizations on the arts council website they're all listed with all the contact details that's fantastic and 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 so the arts council website is 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 the place to go for that so you could really um find out all those things that that that's really interesting because as someone who's been involved in education and the arts for many years i hadn't actually realized that that was the case so that's that's a really great thing to uh, to be able to get across for everyone listening just knowing it's it, those those key really great bits of information about just specific places you can go or places that you can you can search in a, as we know the internet's a very large place and when you're just sort of trying to trying to work your own ideas through it it takes it takes a lot of time to do that so that's absolutely fantastic thank you for that going forward um could you give us um a little bit of information about if you were a school um without any extra funding but you wanted to actually create a dance element within sort of externally from just the role within the the pe side of things how, how would you advise maybe a school to go about that are there is that about partnering up with other organizations to maybe create a club or something like that or is it a bit more about um just having an idea that you want to run with well, starting with an idea is a really good <laughs> um, place to start and perhaps how it's going to link to a particular topic in your school, for example. Lots of lots of schools' approaches on that basis. Um, for example, looking for a dance artist or practitioner who might come in and help them explore a particular topic. Um, so there's that. That's a quite a good starting point. I would say connecting with other um, primary schools in their local area. I'm sure many, most, if not many um, of the primary schools already do that, um, but that will also enable them to learn from each other about what dance activity they've been doing and if they've made particularly good connections with external providers who can come in and support the teachers to develop a a project. Uh, The one good thing about dance at the moment in primary school is that um, as your listeners will probably be aware there is the PE in sport premium um, and primary schools now get around £16,000 a year which can be spent on developing their PE uh, curriculum including upskilling the teachers and many of them are using that money to develop either more um, provision in school curriculum time or as an extracurricular club or activity um, in dance particularly. Um, so there is money there as well that they could use to develop a dance project that will lead to a performance um, that the parents and wider community and school governors and trustees can be invited to come and see. And we run a programme called You Dance, um, which is for people who are running a dance performance, which involves more than one school or group, they can register it with us for free and we will send them um, some resources and um, guidance on how to develop a dance performance um, and certificates to give to all the pupils that will perform in it. We also advertise that performance either just to say that it's taking place or if people want as to sell ticket uh, want to sell t- tickets and um, they can advertise that as well so it's all about 
really raising the profile of, of dance and dance performances that are going on inside and outside of school. And, and that's available to, to anyone who's running a dance performance involving children aged between 0 to 19. So it's, a, it's quite broad. That's fantastic. And, and what I like about that is it kind of takes me back a little bit to um, a conversation I had in one of my earlier podcasts um, with Danny Bao, who we were talking about leadership and, and, and the best way to maybe approach a school or, or your head or the governing body about a project that you're really excited about. Um, and it sounds like what you've just explained there is exactly the same principle. It's that kind of if you come across something you'd like to do, something you'd like to achieve, you have an idea about how you can put it together. And with the resources that we've just been talking about, you can really go away and say look this is out there this is something that we can do and as you said you know there is funding available that's coming in um specifically through PE and and so there is a way of doing it and and actually as a teacher listening you know if you're really excited about this if this really sort of gets your fire going and you know the children will be really enthused about it with all of those aspects in mind you know the funding the place to get the information and an idea maybe of how to put it through a topic I, I think a head teacher and governing body would be really enthused about actually trying to help you support that. Yeah I think so we, we certainly get feedback along those lines and to support that process, there are a couple of suggestions I can make as well. We we have on our website a free to learn. It's called Dance Education: A Guide for Governors and Trustees. Um, and we also have another free to download um, guide on using the PE and Sport Premium to develop dance activity in your school. So it has some case studies as well of how schools have done that, both individually and as clusters of schools working together. So if you're just looking for a bit of inspiration that's available on the website as well. That's fantastic. So can you just give us some of those information, the, the website, and, and I know you've got some Facebook and Twitter things that people can actually directly go in and, and search out some of that information from? Yes, so our website is, is oneonedanceuk.org and then if you click on the resources section and put into the search criteria, PE and sport, OneDanceUK.org is a place to go and, and that gives you all those access to all those things and um, and some, some of those other um, resources like the Arts Council website and all that sort of thing, I'll, I'll look at all those things and I'll put a link on the, the show notes to this um, particular podcast and, and so if you go to educationonfire.com um, all those things will be there as well so hopefully that will give you some really um, great starting points and also if you've already got some great dance going on some places where you can expand and, and improve what you'd like to offer so um, Claire thank you very much for chatting to me it's been really interesting and I've learned an awful lot um, from our conversation and, and hopefully our our listeners will have done the same and I really appreciate your time and um, and I wish you the all the continued success with um, with your videos and as you start to expand all those great resources that I think are really going to be so helpful for teachers. Thanks very much, Mark. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.